0: Hey Cornerstone, yeah, so just want to real quick do a shout out to our Santan campus, to our Scottsdale campus, just so glad to have them be part of it and today's actually a super cool day at the Santan campus because it's the first day of their brand new campus pastor Larry Van Lahr, and we're just thrilled to have him on, yeah, so really excited about that. Scottsdale campus. We're still looking for your campus pastor. You guys are just more picky. So it's harder. So, you know, it's going to take us a while on that. Hey, if you were here last week, uh, you know that we had a conversation about Mama Sephora and about Haruma. And we told you at the time that we were trying to raise an offering for seventy five thousand dollars to be able to feed the orphans in the orphanage for a year. <laughs> And as we sat last week, I mean we were so desperately behind. I think we had seven thousand dollars of seventy five raised, and we just kind of pushed into you a little bit, said, Look, please, please step up and get this done. Last Sunday you guys gave ninety one thousand dollars. Yeah. So very, very, very cool and I Man, I just want to tell you how proud I am to be your pastor. Just for you guys to have such generous hearts, for you to see something that God is doing and saying, I'm going to put my money uh, where my faith is and to step into that. Man, that is just so cool on your part. And I just applaud you for that. Thank you. Thank you for being the type of church that you are. That's just so cool. Yeah. Alright, so we're second week in a series that we're calling Toxic and, and we're really dealing with this issue of forgiveness and the reason we call it Toxic is we said, look, if you don't figure this out, if you don't work through this issue of forgiveness, it will turn toxic on you. Something will happen on your inside that will get ugly and will be, be, uh, radioactive almost and, and it, it will just turn toxic if you don't step into and understand forgiveness from a biblical perspective. And so we talked last week about understanding our forgiveness, what Jesus did for us on the cross, and this idea that everything uh, in our lives, past, present, future, were all covered under the blood of the cross, which means simply this, that no child of God, no Christian, ever should walk around with guilt. Because the reality is that every ounce of that debt, every ounce of that responsibility was paid at the cross. And so you and I are to be guilt free. That's gone. Now, we said, look, uh, you can, uh, you can look back and say, man, look, uh, I regret that. Uh, I, I look back. That was an ill-lived moment. Matter of fact, I'm going to suggest to you that regret is actually healthy. That you can say, hey, that was, that was something I did and I wish I hadn't done it. And the reality is, I'll never do that again because I regret uh, what that did. But that's different than guilt. And that there were hundreds of us last week that simply, in our hearts, made the journey back to the cross, left our guilt there and said, apparently I took something with me <laughs> that I should have never walked away from the cross with. And so I'm bringing it back and we just laid our guilt down. Today, as we unpack the next thing in forgiveness, we're going to talk about this idea of forgiving others. Of taking people who have wounded us and hurt us in our lives. People who have been just absolutely cruel and wrong to us. And we're going to consider actually forgiving them. And what we're also going to discover is that we really can't afford not to. So I'll tell you what, grab your Bibles, and uh, we'll just kind of unpack this together. So it's Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 18. And if you're not real familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible, work to the left, you're going to find this book of Matthew. It's the beginning of what we call the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And it's Jesus talking about this topic of forgiveness. Matter of fact, he's already uh, kind of given a small sermonette on it. And as a response to that, one of his disciples by the name of Peter comes to him and says, Hey, whoa, whoa. I I just, I just have a couple questions about this whole forgiveness thing. And you get the impression that Peter has somebody in mind. That Peter's saying, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, you're saying that we're supposed to forgive and, and, and you, but, but I don't think you understand how bad what this person did. Jesus, I, I don't think you get that, that I keep forgiving them and they keep doing it. And, and, I, and, I, and I think there's some limits here that you haven't discussed yet. And so Peter comes to ask the question. So here we go. It's Matthew uh, chapter 18, starting in verse 21. Uh, here's what it says. And then Peter came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven Now, Bible scholars tell us that probably the reason that Peter lands on this seven number is that it was common teaching in the day by the leaders of Israel that you were required to forgive somebody three times. After three times, you were done. But you had to offer forgiveness three times. Peter, knowing that Jesus is that second mile guy and isn't going to be satisfied with that, doubles what the teaching of the day was and then throws another one on top. Just, just for a good measure, thinking, hey, surely Jesus is going to be completely satisfied with seven. And what Jesus doesn't know, I'm thinking about Randy. And Randy has screwed up 20 times in my life. So he's going to give me absolute permission to throw this guy away, to be angry with him, to get even with Randy. And so he throws out this number seven. Jesus answered, I tell you. Not seven times, but seventy seven times. Now oh, guys, oh god, God. Jesus isn't literally meaning seventy seven He's not fifty nine sixty. That's the, no, no, no. That's not what Jesus is trying to say to Peter in this world, look, Peter, you need to be ready to forgive so many times that you're not going to be able to keep track. See, this this forgiveness thing doesn't have an expiration date. And the truth is, Peter, I'm going to push this thing so far out that you're going to come to understand that you've got to be willing to forgive every time. He then goes on to tell a parable. And you get that when Jesus tells parables, he's trying to teach you and I incredibly powerful biblical truths that will change our lives when we figure them out. And so Jesus tells this parable. Here it is. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. He began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Ten, I mean, 10,000. I mean, this is, this is an astronomical amount of gold. Was brought to him, and since he was not able to pay... The master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, begged, and I will pay you back everything. Now, here's, there's no way. He's a servant. There is no way in his entire lifetime he could possibly ever even pay back a fraction of 10,000 bags of gold. There's not a chance. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt. He just said, look, it's never going to happen. I'll tell you what, let's just just call it even. You owe me nothing. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, you know, a hundred bucks. He owed millions. This guy owes him a hundred bucks. And he grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. This fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, and they went and they told their master everything that had happened. And when the master called the servant in, the wicked servant said... I, or, to you, you wicked servant, he said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Now, watch. watch. This is how. This is how my heavenly father will treat you. Unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now guys, you and I hear the story and we go, whoa, 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 whoa. This is kind of low-hanging fruit. I mean, uh, this guy got forgiven millions of dollars. I mean, he should have been so thankful. He should have been so grateful that when he looked at this other guy and saw that this other guy owed him a hundred bucks, I mean, he should have just said, look, it's no big deal. I mean, if you knew what I've been... No big deal. You get that Jesus' conversation is not about money. It's about forgiveness. And that what Jesus is saying in this moment is that for you and I who've come to know Christ, you realize that the debt we owed, you get it was an eternal debt. You, you get that the bill that we... This thing was huge. And the price that it took to cancel our debt was the very life of Jesus Christ. You said, guys, this is, this is way beyond a million bucks. And God gave you that. And if you have received such amazing, incredible forgiveness... How would you not offer forgiveness to the people who've hurt and harmed you? And guys, look, I know, I know. I know it was wrong, and I know it was evil, and I know it was painful. But you realize that whatever they did was just in this life. I mean, in comparison, it's actually a small debt. And Jesus is simply asking this, how is it possible for you and I to receive so great a forgiveness and yet refuse to offer forgiveness to those who've hurt us? Now, let's just, let's just be honest. This is hard. This this goes against the grain of everything that is human within us. And we just go, man, I, Why? And, and you know what one of the hardest parts of it is? It's because they've never asked for our forgiveness. They've, they've never even acknowledged that they did anything wrong. And so there's a part of us that says, look, look, look. If they would just go, hey, I'm sorry. I get it. I get that what I did was hurtful and vicious and vi- and, and look, and I, and I just acknowledge it was, it was the worst thing I could have possibly done. If they would do that, then I would feel so much more freedom. To forgive them. But they haven't even admitted it. And so here's what we intuitively do. We decide to be angry toward them. See, there's a part of us that that believes, if I can be angry enough, that somehow that resentment, that anger will put chains on them. That somehow they'll feel my resentment, they'll, they'll feel the depth of my frustration, they'll, they'll look over and see me in the corner, all unhappy, and they'll go, oh, I must have hurt them. And that they'll apologize in response. Here's the problem. As you and I attempt to wrap them up in the chains of our resentment, they don't feel anything. They don't even notice. They go on with their life like it's all okay. Which only serves to make you and me angrier. And you're sitting in a room and someone brings up their name and you just seize up. You, you There's a, something in you wants to go, oh, okay, you think they're so special. Let me tell you. Far be it that they actually end up successful in their life or that somehow something happens that's really good or it even looks like God is blessing them and you and I want to go, are you kidding me? How can someone that horrible, how can someone that wrong, that, that bad be having a good life, a better life than I'm having? And guys, here's the moment you got to get. That for all of our effort to bind them up in chains of resentment... That the only person who actually ends up in chains is me. That, that I, in that moment, literally now attach myself to them in anger, in frustration. And this begins my journey toward toxic now here and here's what happens we then begin to wait and say okay god look 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 if you could just simply do something to them i could feel a lot better about this (laughs) so so here's the deal i've already bound them up they're a slow moving target so here's what i'm thinking if you could just make them like seriously sick they could lay in their bed and think about all the horrible things they've done to me. Okay, 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 okay. Just fire them from their job. That'd be so good. It'd be kind of even. And God does nothing. And so then we find ourselves going, God, God, please, I mean, something. How about just a serious case of hemorrhoids? Something. Something. You, somehow, more often than not, God will not do anything. Why? Because he's giving them the same grace he gives you and me. See, let's just be honest. You and I are so thankful that when we mess up and when we do something wrong, that God just doesn't immediately thump us on the head. But boy, we don't want that same grace for them. And it frustrates us when God is long-suffering toward them and says, Look, 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 we've got a lifetime for them to figure this out, for them to come to repentance, for them to acknowledge what they've done. I'm giving them the same opportunity that I give you. And you realize this record doesn't get straight till we all stand in heaven. That's when God promised even becomes even and fair becomes fair. But instead, you and I sit in this moment going, God, come on. If you were fair, if you were just, they'd have boils by now. And because he doesn't, you and I then become frustrated and angry with God. Go back to the passage. Verse 34. Here's what it says. Ready? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers, and he was tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how... Your heavenly Father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from here. Is it possible that the torture... Ready for this? Isn't physical torture. Is it possible that the torture is the resentment and toxic anger that fills my heart and begins to absolutely send my life out of control? So you get... You get, you can't, you can't be bitter and angry and not have it affect you. This is, this is the young lady who's had relationships and every single guy has hurt her heart. Every single guy has cheated on her and been wrong. And now she's dating a great guy. She's dating an amazing guy. But she brings with her because she's still attached to all the hurt and wrong of the past. Because she's never dealt with it. She's never forgiven it. So now she brings that suspicion into the present relationship. And the good guy. The good guy has to live with all of her baggage. And I know, I know, I know. I know she's going to say, no, 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 Lynn. Look, I came by that honest. I mean, I, I, I got to this because of real things that really. You're right. But he didn't. And do you realize that every one of your relationships suffers when you bring the toxicity of the past relationships to the present? I wonder if that's what Jesus meant when he said, I'll hand them over and they'll be tortured until they forgive. See, this is, this is a person who was raised in a super, super strict home and they go, look, I, I'm just telling you how my parents raised me was so unfair. They were so over the top and they were so oppressive in my life. I am never going to be under anyone else's authority. And the second they rolled enough, they left the house and they just absolutely said, no one, no one will ever be the boss of me because I'll never feel that way again. And as they live in the resentment and anger for how they were raised, they can't hold down a job because far be it that they ever have a supervisor tell them what to do. Far be it that someone actually give them directives. Because they're never going to listen to anyone again. And you get, when this goes toxic, when, when you and I live chained to the corpse of past wounds and unfairnesses, when you and I for, refuse to forgive, we go toxic? Toxic? Many of you know my story. And you know that my dad took off when I was nine. Left my mom and, to raise four kids. Uh, the youngest of which was autistic. And I'm just going to tell you. When he left as a nine-year-old boy. I felt that the rejection was me. And I, I, I literally said this. I will spend my life proving to that man. I don't need him. I'm 15 years old and my youth pastor's uh, sitting in a car in front of my house talking to me. I I remember this moment as if I was standing here on stage right now. And my youth pastor says to me, Lynn, uh, you are turning out just like your dad. And I said, You are crazy. That's the stupidest thing you've ever said to me. I am so different than my dad. Matter of fact, I take every decision that I make and I say, what would my dad do? And I do just the opposite. I'm going into ministry. And he said, exactly. See, Lynn, you take every single decision you make and here's what you ask. What would my dad think? You take every decision you make and you ask yourself, what would dad do? And you do just the opposite. Even if maybe your dad would have done a good thing, you do just the opposite. And Lynn, look, 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 look. Your actions may not look like your dad, but the reality is your dad did what he did because he was selfish and self-consumed. And Lynn, you are just as selfish and you are just as self-consumed trying not to be like him. See, here's the problem. Look, when you and I hold resentment, when you and I try to bind somebody in chains of bitterness and anger, you realize that turns our focus to them. That turns our attention to them. You ever hung around a friend and realized after a little while, hey, I've got the same gestures they do. Where did I pick that up? I walk just like them. Where did I get that from? You do, you know why? Because familiarity, and you begin to emulate. You get the same slang they've got. And you realize that as you keep the focus of your heart on the person you resent, that despite your best efforts, you will begin to be like them. Because they're your focus. No wonder Scripture says, ready for this? No wonder Scripture in Hebrews chapter 12 says, fix your eyes on Jesus. You know why it says that? Because if you fix your eyes on Jesus and suddenly now the questions you ask are what would Jesus do? What would Jesus... You'll become so much like Jesus just by accident. Because He's the focus of your life. And Jesus, you ready for this? Jesus is saying you can't afford not to forgive. And sitting in that car (laughs) all those years ago I realized I couldn't afford to be angry with my dad. And I bowed my head and I said, God, I don't want to do this and it doesn't feel like what I should do, but I'm pretty sure I can't afford not to do it. And I forgave my dad. You get that Jesus is saying exactly the same thing to you today. He's saying you can't afford to be forgiven and then withhold forgiveness. You remember the Lord's Prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And the Whoa, whoa, what's the next part? Forgive us our debts the way we forgive our debtors. You really want to pray that prayer? Hey, God, forgive me the way I forgive others. Man, I I don't want to pray that prayer. I'm a lousy forgiver. So instead, Jesus says today, okay, okay, okay. Just forgive people the way I forgave you. Just do that. And guys, look, 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 here's the deal. Forgiveness doesn't say it didn't happen. And forgiveness doesn't say, oh, it was a little thing. It wasn't a little thing. That's why we're so wounded. Forgiveness just says, look, I'm going to let you off the hook. I'm going to call it clean, even though you haven't asked. Guys, guys, think about this. If you wait till they ask, what if they never ask? You realize you'd be their slave. You'd be bound to them in toxicity for the rest of your life. So I I just need to say this out loud. My dad is such a changed man. I don't want you to get the wrong... I mean, man, my dad, God has transformed his life. He's come so far in Christ since the old days. As a matter of fact, about eight months ago, I'm standing in my son's front yard we're over there for a family gathering and my dad nudges me and pulls me off to the side. He just kind of whispers into my ear and he says, Lynn, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Forty-five years. I waited to hear that. Are you really telling me you're going to wait till they figure it out? Before you get unchained. And it's just simply doing this. It's just simply saying, God, look, here's the deal. I'm going to do what you did to me. I'm going to call the account clean. And I'm going to trust you, God, for what happens next. You realize you're a child of God. You're a son or a daughter of God. Do you think what happened to you went without his notice? And it's simply saying, God, look, here's the deal. They don't owe me anything. If they walk out in front of me and I'm driving my car, I won't speed up. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm not going to root for their disaster. I'm not going to wait for you to strike them with lightning. I'm just, they don't owe me anything. But, God, they may still owe you something. And you may still have to do some business in their life. But that's between you and them, God. Because as far as I'm concerned, they're off the hook just like you let me off the hook. Here's what I want us to do. When you came in today, hopefully you got a key. What would it mean to use the key? And so if as I've been talking and, and you've been going, oh, no, 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 I know the person. I can remember that moment. Man, that moment is forever burned in my heart. What if you forgave today? The way that Jesus forgave you. And so here's my challenge to you. In just a few moments, the band's going to come up here. They're going to lead us in a moment of worship. But if you say, hey, you know what? I've got some forgiving to do. I'm going to ask you to take the key and take it up to one of the crosses. And you just hang it. You just say, I'm, I'm leaving this here with you, Jesus. I can't afford not to forgive. You pray about that, you think about that If you need to go, you go Some of us may not need to go But if you need to go, you go You get that Some of us found some freedom today That 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 act of forgiving Was probably more for us Than even for the person who hurt us and your life will be different for that. You'll, you'll experience a freedom that you've never known before because of that. And I know look like, I know there's some of us in this room and you, and you stood there just now and you gripped that key as tight as you could and, and you just, you couldn't get to the moment of walking forward. And, and I, I get it. And, I, and here's what I was going to say to you. If you wait till you feel like forgiving, you will never, you will never get this done. There's going to have to come a moment in your life when you simply say, I'm deciding. I'm deciding based on the forgiveness that Jesus has already given me to extend forgiveness to them. And they don't deserve it. But if I'm honest, I didn't either. And so I'm going to choose to do this because I can't afford not to. And then I just want to say to some of us that that did this just now. There's going to be a moment. I just, because we're human. There's going to be a moment you're going to hear their name, something's going to and you're going and your little heart's going to... Uh, and in that moment, you, you're going to remember this moment. In that moment, you're going to say, hey, I, I have no right to feel that way. I have no right to... I forgave that. I laid that one at the cross. And you'll have to remind your heart what your head decided to do today. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your forgiveness to us. And it just, it just kind of landed for us today to say, how could we have received so great a blessing? How could we have taken forgiveness and then refused to extend it to those who've hurt us? And so God, today we chose, not because it felt good, not because we even wanted to. We chose to give forgiveness to people who had hurt and wounded us. And so, God, we leave them to your care. We put them in your trust. And whatever you need to do, you can do that. But they don't owe anything on our account. We forgive them. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.